Hello, and welcome to episode 145 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. That was really hard to say, 45 Fuel, lots of Fs. <laughs> Speaking of Fs, Pete DeMay is with me. Hey, everybody. I guess that matches somehow. I don't know. I should have said Phil Fariska first, because that's yeah. phonetically an F. What's up, Phil? Hey, everybody. And Melissa Kavanaugh. Howdy ho. And also making his repeat appearance on the show. I guess you did good enough to make the recall. Lauren Gray. Oh, hello and thank you. Do I get a smoking jacket for this? Like they do on Saturday Night Live? Absolutely. Yeah, it, it'll be oh, cool. in the post and you'll probably get it in about four years at this point. Excellent. I'm looking forward to next it. Next day, Amazon delivery is taking two weeks. So regular post will probably take four years. So that's, that's where we are. It's the world we live in these days. It's the new normal. That's the phrase everyone's saying. The new normal. And Lauren is anything but normal, but he is a, a fountain of knowledge. So we're tapping into his knowledge today. And we're going to be talking about eight guest types who are still traveling. So even if you're struggling to put heads in beds, Lauren has some tips for you. Some things that might help you. Uh, depending on your situation and keep in mind that some destinations you know they're completely closed they're not allowing any guests but if you are trying to find a few people to keep the lights on this is the episode for you we're going to go through eight different types of people that are traveling and then talk about how to target them what kind of messaging to send to them that kind of stuff but before we jump into the topic at hand i think we have some good news a ruse we do ready to kick it off everybody yeah, Melissa did the jingle last episode, Pete, and she did the regular one. I'm just, I'm on tender hooks here, not knowing whether it's just the regular jingle or your new super fancy one, or you're going to just make up a new one. I don't know. Let's see what happens. With good news that'll make you smile, join the fuel again for a little while. Good job. I like I it. It's, it's It's still not quite up to the level of the original, but... I think given the hey, circumstance. That, that, that version took 140 some odd episodes to nail down. So you got to give it time. All it's right. fine wine. It, it's, <laughs> we got to let it mature a little bit. Yes. <laughs> All right. But here, but we do have the good news though. That's the, it's, it's the meat of it that really matters. And in this case, Hilton and American Express offer 1 million rooms to coronavirus frontline medical staff. This is part of Hospitality for Hope, which is, uh, a program that's been put on by the American Hotel and Lodging Association. But more or less what's happening is Hilton is donating literally a million rooms for healthcare workers, people who are you know stuck away from their houses, need to be close to a hospital, whatever the reason might be. They now have a place where they can stay at no charge and in a place that is hygienically set up specifically for people who may have COVID. The way they did that is they have extra staff at these properties that are better trained in keeping the property hygienic uh, on decontamination, all the other, I guess, technical elements that go along with it. But I thought that was really good. I think Hilton's made a lot of fans with how they're handling this crisis. And this is just kind of going one step farther of them really taking a, a good thought leadership and commanding role in helping others but that's on skift if anybody wants to check that out 
All right, we'll put the link to that in the show notes. But I, I mean, we keep saying it every episode. I feel like Hilton's doing something else that's good. You know, they, they really are taking a leadership position in this. And hats off to the folks at Hilton. We don't give the flags a whole lot of love on this show because we're big proponents of independent hotels. But I would say, at least from an external perspective, Hilton seems to be doing a good job. Now, that you know, obviously, there's other components to this and how they're treating their, their franchisees and all that stuff. But hey. From my perspective right now, that's a good move from Hilton. That is good news, and it deserves its own jingle. So good job. All right, then. So, should we jump into it, Lauren? Are you ready? I'm, I'm going to be as ready as I'll ever be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're an old hat at this, man. You put, you're pushing out more content than anyone else I know. So I uh, think... Except for you guys. You guys got the good stuff. I'm just going off for the, the easy, the low-hanging fruit <laughs> stuff. You guys are doing the hard stuff. <laughs> So, uh, well, what's happening to you to hopefully get even more gooder stuff. So here we go. So we're going to talk about the types of t- travelers that are traveling right now and how you can target them. So let's go through. There's a list of, Melissa, you can be excited. Guess how many there are on the list? Eight. Yes. There's eight. Yes. The best number ever. There's eight different groups that we're going to talk about today. So let's go through, starting with number one, 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 one. So that would be what, Lauren? Uh, well, you know, let's go for the since you did the news thing. Can we juggle three with one? Oh man, this is this is. Crazy. I'm just saying, I want to mix it up a little bit for Audible. you. I don't, I don't want this hey, to be as long just as we a, hit oh, all eight, we can start with number three, 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 three. three. Oh, man, you never let me do. Did you, oh, no more toys. Okay, all right. First one, easy one. Airline cruise. Um, that one was one that we came across because uh, there was in such a rush of all these changes and nobody knew what they were doing. A lot of uh, airport hotels, because they, of course, lost business, shut down and force majeured out their crew relationships. So a lot of crews were landing, especially long, long flight ones, that they literally had no place to stay. And so it was pretty easy to uh, target them to uh, realize that we were still open and available for some of our clients. Yep. Those people are still traveling. They need a place to stay. What's number two, 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 two? Long haul drivers. Most people may not realize that there are drivers that are uh, not just your um, day drive, but they're cross country and so forth. And they have limitations as to their driving time. And you would think, well, they stay in their trucks. Yes, they do, depending upon their routes. But for the institutional drivers that are for like the Amazons and the big distribution houses, those trucks aren't often equipped for um, overnight stays. They they do their long haul and then they have to transfer and pick up a new truck the next day or two days after they've been driving too long. And so they they need places to stay as well. Awesome. Number three, 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 three. In support of Marriott's initiative, support for medical staff and personnel, um, people that have needs that they have to be separated from their their families. Uh, well, that's actually farther down the list, but these ones are medical ones, people that still need medical travel, I should say. These ones are the ones that, despite best efforts, they still have to go to medical facilities, whether it be because of, of treatments and therapies or actual operations. Yeah, and the families of those people, right? So if, if someone's in the hospital having some kind of situation, there may be family traveling in from outside of town that needs to stay close by. Very true. Number four, 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 four. Convalescent care. Um, with the isolation of our, indi- uh, our older um, family members, being able to not necessarily visit them, but to be nearer to them, whether it is in support, whatever it may be, being able to even see them through a window, but know that they're not left alone. A lot of families, and we'll get to the details of it, uh, will travel and want to spend a, a little bit of time quite regularly to be able to show their support for their convalescent family. Number five, 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 five. 
college kids that got stuck. Um, a, lot, <laughs> a lot of these colleges, there was no alternative accommodations for them to stay anywhere, and especially in very uh, high expensive cities where these colleges are at, and they're still doing their schools and studies. There's no place for them to go home to, per se. Uh, so a lot of families in support, especially if they were uh, under self-quarantine or anything like this, they're not allowed to leave. Um, so families want to get closer to them to be, again, give support, supply things for them, be nearby, that kind of thing. Yeah. So you got two for one there. You got the college kids themselves, but then you've also got the families of the college kids. So yep. That, that's a two for yep. no, number six, 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 six. Relocations, caught in midstream, no place to go, no place to go back to. Um, these people are pretty much where they were in between what they have sold versus where they're moving into. Real estate still exists, as do some other unfortunate things uh, when it comes to, to people in the midst of travel. And they are in between places and they need a place to be able to stay at while they try to figure out what their next opportunity is. Yeah, and we almost added a ninth to this list, but Melissa had a conniption about that, so we took it off. But it was the it's making me the bad guy. To, yeah, of course. Well, people know what you're like. I mean, you, you show your you show your true colors on the show all the time. Your angry rants about sucky booking engines and such. But we were going to put on there that the uh, extended stay category, people that you know permanently look to live in in hotels. But we'll we'll keep mm -hmm. this focused on yeah. travel. But that's kind of mm -hmm. a sub subcategory of those relocation people. Mm -hmm. I, we can actually add a little fraction to this, and I forgot to add, make this little list. It's, it's the same category, but a little bit. And these are displaced lifetime uh, life or RVers. A lot of RV parks closed, and these RVers literally don't have a place to go, but they can't stay where they're at. Yeah, that's exactly. So right. they're in that little category too, just so you know. All right, and number seven, 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 seven. seven. Family separation of first responders. It is the tragedy of our time at this particular moment that our first responders are put in such a harm's way that they have to stay away from their family. And uh, being able to give them adequate accommodations, which goes a little bit to the Marriott discussion of providing proper sanitation and enhanced protocols and separation from if you're doing anybody anything else with anyone else, uh, keeping them far and distant away so that, that there is no crossover. But these people need our help. And it's good to see, again, Marriott and Hilton having done their first effort. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, beyond just the first responders, some people, families are separating or choosing to separate because of the, the virus in, in general. Mm -hmm. You know, so if mm -hmm. one family member, say one of the parents is showing symptoms, maybe they or the, the rest of the family will move into a hotel temporarily for, for a short period to self-quarantine as well. So that kind of goes mm -hmm. together with that one. And then finally, but certainly not least, is number the expats who are stuck it is better to be there than where they were going um there's a lot of people that because of hotspots uh, around the world and also within the domestic that they don't want to go back to aka new york um that they uh, will stay where they're at and prefer to stay where they're at where there there is a less of a risk factor for them and to basically shelter in place as it were and there are a lot of those people yeah and, and, you know, different ones of these target audiences are going to have different volumes in different areas. But this is really a shift in mindset. And I would say one of, one of the things that a lot of marketers are struggling with is the realization that they can't just cast a white net anymore. You can't just spray and pray with your marketing initiatives and assume you're going to put heads in beds. You've got to really start thinking at a more granular level and targeting the onesie-twosie opportunities and, and fill up your your beds one at a time versus on mass. So that's that's what we're going to talk about now. So 
shifting gears from the types of people we can target to the, the actual tactical side of how to target these different groups. And Lauren, you've had a lot of success with this. You know, we, we chat on a regular basis, but we, we've had a lot of conversations about how this approach is working for a lot of your clients. So mm-hmm. let's jump in and start by talking about geographic targeting and keeping in mind that the different audiences we just chatted about, what are some geographic targeting you're doing both on either um, you know, Google ads and, and such or, or social that you feel is being really effective right now? Well, obviously, taking the, the list that we just put through, they're 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 centric to location-based uh, interest. They're they're more about where they're at as much as what they are connected to. Uh, geo-targeting, for those who may be unfamiliar with the term, is selecting a geographic pinpoint, as it were, and then radiating from it uh, the amount of area that you would like to include, whom you're going to talk to in that radius, and then you define within that radius uh, qualifiers or whether they reside there or whether they're visiting there. And there's different uh, filters based on the platform you're using to do this, Facebook versus Google mainly. Uh, But, you know, taking as probably first example about the airline crews and so forth, uh, geo-targeting airports literally means going into either be Google or Facebook, let's take Facebook directly and say, it, put a pin in the middle of the airport and then say from a radiant of X kilometers or one mile, whatever, uh, nobody that lives there because nobody lives at the airport, um, being able to make sure that they see this messaging for just being in that geographic radiant that you've created. Yep. And and Lauren, from a, from a Google perspective, are you typically running on more broad, obviously non-branded keywords in that sense? Very much so. Uh, it, you, you have to, you're, you, it's, it's kind of an inversion process. The more centric you are to the location, the more broad you are in the capture capability of that area. Because by narrow casting the physicality of the ads, you can open up very broadly what it is that people might be engaging with based on a whole host of variations from displaced, stuck, whatever, to just as much as I'm in XYZ city. I mean, you can be very broad when it comes to what actually triggers the ad or the information to pop up. And the good thing with that right now is because so few people are actually spending money advertising, everyone's pulled back, that it's so much cheaper than it used to be. And we've seen this for a lot of our clients that still are up and running, the keywords that used to be five, 10, 15, $20 are now pennies. So you can afford right now to be a little more broad especially when you're geo-targeting as well. And then to even add to that, where just as an example, if you were to have ever tried to bid on your point of like discover downtown XYZ city, it would be one of those massively expensive, not near touchable terms. Here, that's exactly to your point of, of, of putting that in your, your geo-targeted area of hotels in downtown XYZ. And, and you show up because <laughs> nobody else is showing up. All right, so airports is a, is a good one. What else can people be geo-targeting? Well, going to the categorizations like we're talking about, you're looking at other places like distribution hubs, uh, the Amazons, the Walmarts, the the Kmarts. Well, not Kmart anymore. They're not so strong. Um, but the large hubs distribution for targets and what have you, those are the ones that have the long haulers going through them. So you can geo-target them as well for looking for a place to stay overnight while you wait for reset or whatever. You, you, you research the terminology that they use uh, when they, the people are down purposely because they've driven too many hours. Um, use that terminology <clears throat> and geotarget those areas. And you can be a little broader because some people actually 
have uh, they're near it before they get to it, and once they get to it, they're not looking for it. So you you can broaden that up a little bit. You don't have to make it right around the fence line, so to speak. Um, same too with colleges. You can do the same thing when you're looking both either towards the students or um, the the families when they're in that geo-targeted area. And then it goes on and on with hospitals and so forth. You you target those areas that you're looking for, the categorizations that we were just talking about. Uh, and that's your first side of the coin is the people actually physically in those locations. There's a reverse side of that coin is what we can get to, I'm sure. And Lauren, how how would you find those mass distribution hubs? Well, how, what kind of research? How would you start that process? I mean, it sounds so simpler and basic, but just look for the addresses of of distribution X or just you know Amazon distribution hub, you know, located in X Y Z area, you know, whether it be a state or province, a city or whatever. Um, you can literally just on Google Maps find them. Uh, there's some wicked cool tools that uh, Stuart will roll his eyes when I start rattling them off that you can plug into Chrome, and <laughs> you can literally go in and pull these companies up. And then go to the the website related to their particular distribution and yank down every email of everybody in there with their their title and email. And you can actually create a custom audience out of that and then flip that over and turn it into a lookalike and then geotarget every place you want to. Uh, just crazy stuff. I mean, the cool part is we have these amazing tools that can do these things now. Yeah. Do you want to you want to list some of those? Send me a link well, to some find of those that and we can put them in the show Probably the one notes. that I bang the most. Find that lead is a great tool to. Uh, it's a plugin as well, but you can uh, go down and geographically locate uh, by title of company, by uh, by name of company or industry, and by actual title you're looking for, and it'll create an email list and then go through a confidence check as to the accuracy of that email list. And please, a big much. This is not to send emails. This is to create custom audiences, say, in Facebook that you then can spring and turn into lookalikes and then know that you're targeting the similar type people and then geotarget those places outside of your radius. Yeah, um, you definitely want to stay legal in terms of privacy. Yeah, you, privacy. this is not to send emails to these people. This is to take their emails based on what they are known for, what their title is in their company, and then using that to define an audience that they use to create a lookalike or use the custom audience to target if you want to be that centric. But it's not to send emails. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you want to get that granular where you're actually reaching out to individuals, I would probably target more the, the trucking companies because a lot, a lot of trucks that are doing deliveries across the country are outsourced right there's there's hubs mm -hmm. of people that are renting out their trucks and their drivers so try to find who those people are in your region and pick up the phone and call them and try to build a relationship that mm -hmm. way that would that would be the way to do it if you want to get personal yeah and then the the other is also too is that you can do things where once you've gotten their emails that that you can go to linkedin and see what their simple relationships are and their co-workers at because some things are normal. Most people identify with their current employment on LinkedIn, and also most people identify or associate with the company they work for via Facebook. And these are filterable tools mm -hmm. that you can use. So if you want to and you get names of people working at certain hubs or distributions or find out people in airports are the staff administrators of XYZ Airline, then you can actually engage with them and find their social profiles and do it the old-fashioned way, which when I say old-fashioned is like 10 years ago, where you used to go over and start following and engaging with people on social platforms, and then having to let them know that you're running a hotel that's open in an area if their staff needs rooms. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds a little old-schoolish, but it works. Hey, I think a lot of us are reverting to old-school tactics at this point because you know they worked in a day when we didn't have the demand generators that we have been blessed to have over the last several years. So I think it's a return to the basics that seems to be the most effective right now. Sure. 
So let, let's shift gears a little bit in the interest of time. Let's let's start looking at keyword targeting. Sure. Well, I mean, some of the things to do to realize it was two sides of the coin. This We talked about the people that were in those radiance, and then we also talked about the people that were associated with those people in that space. So there's there's distances beyond the distance of the location itself. And when you're in either, you determine which terms you want to use that are going to be – we know that there's a changing search pattern going on right now. There's different trends of what people are looking for. Uh, for instance, some of the better ways to select some of your airline – uh, engagements is to look and be very specific about the airlines that are flying into the airport still. I mean, why waste your time on general aspect when you can actually be very specific? Um, things are looking, people are looking for things like self-quarantine. People are looking for things like long-term parking, free parking. Is there is there transportation capabilities that are, are more restricted that you're not just getting on public transportation, but like shuttle services? Uh, names of actual companies related to long-haul services. Whoops, sorry. Um, so these are very specific terms that you can use within creating those radiances, both inside the radiant and outside the radiant. I really like this. It's, it's not quite as straightforward as you would think, you know, like targeting hotels in blah, blah, blah. I like the out-of-the-box thinking of the long-term parking and the free parking, things that you can serve an ad for that are associated with what people probably need but aren't necessarily looking for. It's been helpful. We, I mean, one of the things about some of, some of our clients because they have the inventory type that they have of having kitchenettes and and larger than normal space uh, is the fact that amenities that you can offer where grocery services can be delivered. So that's one less worry, uh, more of a preparation than it is a problem. Um, the fact that there's isolated in, uh, elevators and stairwells based upon height of buildings. Those are people don't want to run into other people. They don't want to touch an elevator button. So they, the fact that you have multiple low-level floors and can do stairs and groceries are already in the room. And, it, you know, these are things that people are looking for. That's the terminologies that people are discovering. All right. So let, let's, let's kind of move through because you kind of segued into the next one, which is the ad copy and then the content targeting. So. You know, the, the ad component can get someone hooked, but once they land on your website, that content too is equally important. So you kind of touched on some of that there. So the first thing we got in the notes was highlighting specific amenities that are really helping people right now or, or that mm -hmm. are going to make a difference in their decision. And this is where testimonials and first-person referencing comes in and your responsiveness to people's uh, word of mouth on your site. I know we're going to talk about it in variations to that, but just even the engagement of the personalization of people's thankfulness for what you've done versus the, also the value proposition that it represented and the, the almost the granular detail of what exactly you're doing. Uh, in the, the property itself, all fully flushed out on your website, new pages that are totally about the actual spe you know, specific aspect that you're highlighting, you know, the hygiene or the increased protocol associated with the cleanliness or the lack of engagement necessary with staff, personnel and or other guests. These things have to be brought into the dialogue of the content on the websites now. So to kind of to build on that is there an industry term yet for a property that has the ability to cater to first responders or people who are those critical need employees uh that that could be added to your your campaigns or to, or to your ads to, to target them specifically yeah we like, like, I don't yeah. want to say COVID friendly would be a horrible choice of it, <laughs> yeah. but something along those lines that say, oh, okay, now I understand COVID this place. Or, yeah, something like yeah. that. 
Yeah, it's tough because there, there is, as you said, there's, there's all over the board as to how people are referring to themselves while we figure out which one seems to make sense for people. Um, because each, and then there's no standard to it in the sense of where one hotel says that we have an isolated COVID wing, another person will say we have a COVID section, COVID floor. Uh, and then then we have people that we have a we have a a, a COVID cleaning hygiene list, uh, and but nobody you know you can't say certified or whatever yet, and there's nothing that's standard because every hotel has either a floor or a level or a wing or a building, you know they they all have different ways of segmenting out uh, people that they're offering this to that wouldn't be uh, necessarily connected to the general public. Yeah, if if you are doing that kind of stuff, just don't make the mistake that we talked about this on Lauren's show a couple of weeks ago where some hotels were beginning to try to charge people for extra hygiene and, and there was a yeah. separate rate code for the rooms that were, you know, COVID cleaned, deep cleaned COVID levels. It's like, what? So you, you're yeah. telling me that I can pay to, to have a clean room or I can get a cheaper room but get a virus? That's not really a good look for me. Right. I mean, there's some things that are coming out of this that are getting, I wouldn't say standardized, but they're getting more common. Things like for those, uh, like the hotel that I'm referring to when I think about this, is that we provide second complete sets of linen service to the room when they first check in. Mm -hmm. And so that gives a duration capability of the room itself. And of course, the isolation that all linens and cleaning associated with that area that we've identified is uniquely different than anybody else. It doesn't get to put into general cleaning processes with everyone else. Not that it technically couldn't because the same temperature when the water exists and so forth. But what we'll do is we'll go over and clean out all the cleaning facilities before we do the the the. Uh, isolated rooms and then we'll redo it again after the isolated rooms and th that's why we start putting the extra linen into the rooms was that frequency re was reduced because of that and we make that clear to the guests is like look we're not trying to be less service oriented to you we're trying to reduce our your exposure to you to us and what have you by giving you this extra linen yourself and you just tell us if you even need it i mean just tell us when you've used the last of your linen and we'll strip everything out and, and then you know replace it with all new linen again yeah yeah, and I've seen a lot of hotels really reducing the the amount of housekeeping that's going on through, you know, but giving the consumer the choice. You know, if if I was staying in a hotel right now, I probably wouldn't want anyone coming in the room. If I was staying there for two or three days, certainly not touching anything. So, I think that there's an opportunity here to to just think it through from the consumer standpoint and just cater to the individual's needs. Yeah, I was on a call today with a client who was trying to figure out they're going to. You know, based on the CDC's latest recommendation of always wearing a mask out in public, and they had guides of how to build these masks with little pieces of cloth and rubber bands. So they're going to have those materials available for guests, but trying to determine how do you get that material to the guest without having, one, all the guests come to the front lobby, which you don't necessarily want to do because that creates a congestion point. Uh and then do we want our staff going to every room handing this stuff out as well? So it kind of creates a little bit of a catch-22 of how to best navigate these new waters of interacting with your guests from a distance. Ironically, when you talk about individual terminologies, we get asked a lot about air filters, just to give you something out of the blue. Are the rooms have independent air filters? Yes, they do. Okay, are they being changed frequently? They are changed every time we change a guest in a room that this area is, is identified for. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, just little things like that that are just you, you would think really weird. I mean, hotels that have central chiller systems and so forth, they may not be as fortunate, but each room does have its own filtration or can be put in for their own filtration. Um, you know, offering the fact that all of the paid TV services are included with the room. You know, because they're stuck there as much as anybody else is if they're self-quarantining. So they need as much entertainment and capabilities. We we oh, we bought oh we bought Google Chrome. Uh, we bought uh, uh, Fire Sticks uh, for the rooms, so that they have more entertainment options than what we were per- currently providing beforehand. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Especially as people can be staying in the room probably a little more than they they typically would. So we we touched on the amenities. We touched on kind of the hygiene protocols. But the other thing you can do with content, in, both in the ad and on the website, is really get specific and personalized in, in terms of how you're referring to it. So if you're running a targeted campaign to airline crews, not only putting airline crew terminology, maybe even mentioning you know the the if you are targeting a specific uh, airline, maybe even mentioning that in the ad copy if it's allowed. But certainly on the landing page have photos of airline crews, have testimonials from airline crews and, and, and targeting, telling them that you are catering to their specific type of people. That's going to really help you in, improve the conversion rate. And again, this mm-hmm. is onesie twosie stuff. So you really got to do a really good job at converting the people you do get because the volume is so low. We're not, we're not in the situation where we were six months ago where it was just a numbers game and I, I was you know converting x percent of all my traffic now we've really got to look at every individual and how do i create the best mousetrap for that person at that time mm-hmm. with what they're specifically looking to oh and just something else just as a problem ahead the laundry services in the hotel we ask that anybody that is using the laundry service indicate who they were and if and let us know if they used it, and we'll go sanitize it immediately thereafter. So it's a perpetual cleaning of that because people have laundry to do. I mean, these people all traveling, they got their suitcases, right? And they can't just go back home. That's the problem. So them doing laundry is a bit of an issue, and all the laundry is free. Just don't even make the machine. Just don't take quarters. <laughs> that's neat. And then, so lastly on this list, we've got some additional types of targeting. So you mentioned earlier about doing some day parting based on, say, the, the airlines that they're, they're flying in and what time they arrive, things like that. You want to expand on that? Sure, sure. A couple of things, as again, flipping the other side of the coin is um, where we're talking about the proximity and those within the proximity is those that are on the supported side, where we're talking about those coming into support and so forth. And the range sweetness that we found is usually between 250 and 350 miles because that is farther than convenient, but not too far that it's not possible where they would be willing to drive a whole day knowing they're going to stay a few days locally to support convalescent or medical or college or what all the other categories we were talking about. So that radiant uh, radius of 250 to 350 is a great one to talk about the value proposition of what the hotel has to offer being in proximity to all of those other locations. And normally I would be the first to never tell you to steal somebody's brand name and it's not stealing, but to use somebody's brand name. But in this circumstance, you could and should, and we have been successful, referring to the hospitals by name, the colleges by name, the mass distribution uh, companies by name, the airport airlines by name with their crews. Because, again, in their search discoveries, their associations specifically to those locations that we're talking about have value to the fact that we're trying to identify as a resource for those people to know that we are X distance from NYZ hotel in XYZ city. And that helps. 
for them to understand that we're not trying to just sell a hotel room in a city that might be somewhere near the hotel or the hospital, but good luck trying to get there, you know. So we're trying to be as specifically valued as we can about the things that we can have the highest proposition to. And then the day parting is about, again, not just having your ads run all the time, but have them run at the times that you know that when people are getting off the plane and they have that uncertainty, maybe they're not aware yet that you exist in market. Nobody's told them your hotel is available for them to be able to crash because you're, they're hoping the hotel that they used to stay at is still open and they don't find it, that you're showing up at that time when that crew is literally looking for where the heck am I going to sleep tonight, uh, which has been a big problem. A lot of airline crews have been crashing at the airport because they have no place to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we also, you know, don't don't neglect your database. You may have some hidden gems of information in your guest history. You may hopefully have denoted in the past why people have stayed with you. So taking some time to dig through your guest history and, and identify, okay, these people were airline crews. Maybe I can proactively reach out to them. These people were long-haul drivers. Maybe I can proactively reach out to these. These people I know have kids at the local college. Maybe I can proactively reach out to these people. So mm-hmm. using your data, uh, you know, a good friend of the show, Tim Pete, always talks about data being your crown jewels. And now more than ever, being able to leverage your first party data is one of the advantages you have over everyone else because it's your data and it's, it's stuff you've collected over the years. So data mining that and targeting based on that, I think, can really help you in this situation. Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I, you know, that everyone we just talked about, that's exactly what we do with them. We create it so that they actually can reach out to us directly and we keep people informed as to our availabilities and what we have, uh, especially for the repeat groups. And and so that that they know whether or not we even have rooms available because there, there's been times and I know it sounds sound really weird to say we've been sold out mm-hmm. because we've been successful in finding these little grains of rice. Uh, of business and then and based on the opportunity and what have you it's not a huge hotel in any stretch and then it's in we've been fortunate to be able to sell out ourselves while other hotels run us are still closed so you know we try to keep them well informed literally by the segmentation you just referred to yeah and then the final thing i wanted to kind of touch on and and this is we, we've talked before about things like if you really cater to a specific audience and one that come, has come up a lot in the past is uh, people with disabilities if you cater to that audience then they become your marketing army because if you if you're tailoring your amenities and your your approach to that specific closed group, they have a community, and they're going to go tell everyone in their community what a great experience they had, and that that's really the opportunity you have right now with these. You know, Lauren refers to them as grains of rice because they are, and it's a lot of effort to go and reach some of these people for the first time. But if you get an airline crew that's repeatedly coming into your destination. The first time you get them, great. They're very, very likely to come and stay with you again if they're on that same route repeatedly. But more importantly, they're also going to go tell their other airline crews on the same airline that they, they're staying there and that you should too because they want to keep the people in that hotel as their community, the people they already know, the people that are already around because that re- reduces their risk. Uh, so there's a huge knock-on kind of flywheel effect to, to targeting these small grains of rice and they, they quickly turn into bowls of rice and fill up your hotel room if you do it right. Yeah. And I do want to echo something you may have all mentioned and that is this is not the time to exploit rate. This isn't about asking for a rate that, that would be ridiculous to have to pay to have that accommodation. Airline crew rates we know are notoriously affordable and this isn't a negotiated contract with the airline either. We're not 
in a contract with any of these airlines. What we are is making ourselves available to the crews and the crews have to you know, get compensated and they have per diems and things like this that they have issues with. You know, and and to not take advantage. And same too with government. You know, we didn't even talk about the necessity that our our government workers are still moving around as well, and and you can target them as well, and making yourself available and not going above per diem and offering amenities that can help them keep money in their pocket for the things they need to pay for. This is the time to make friends, you know, and to take care of everybody. Yeah, people will remember how you responded during this time, and they'll remember how you made them feel. And so it's it's critical that you're not being opportunistic, you're not taking advantage of folks, that you're you're being a part of the solution, not you're not adding to the existing problem. So yeah. Well Lauren, thank you for sharing your wisdom today. I really appreciate uh, hope it. Was wise. <laughs> yeah. Hey Fuelgans, do you have any any additional questions for Mr. Lauren Gray? I have uh, a question. Yeah. Or Phil, did you have one too? I I do. So um Lauren, if would you would you recommend continuing any of these strategies once this is all passed? Is there, is there any one off the top of your head that you think may continue to work? This is definitely going to help our L and R relationships, local negotiated rate relationships. Uh, I'm airline crews should stay at airports closer or hotels close to airports. I don't think making them travel into the town or the city or something. And plus from that, we, you know, we're going to be competing with other hotels at that point when everybody comes back and turns the lights on. So I don't think we'll be able to retain them so much, but I think we'll get their transient interest because of them discovering where we are and what's around us and all the cool restaurants and stuff and what have you that they, they learned from being where we were. Um, I don't think we catch those. The colleges and the hospitals, yes, there's residual to that because that uh, I think that affinity relationship puts us on the list. You know how colleges have their list of hotels that they tell parents for parents week to show up at and stuff. I think that'll help. Uh, hospitals, obviously, uh, they appreciate having resources that uh, families know about. So I think we'll get on that list and we might get higher on that list than other hotels that left them abandoned. Um, long haul trucking and trafficking. Um, I don't know much about that because it is a bit of an extension for them to get transportation from their hub to the hotel and back to their hub. They might find the roadside hotels back to their liking again. I don't know how long that would last. But the exposure value of the what you've got, you know, referring to the word of mouth, the the fact that we had the parking, that we had the access to shuttle, we had the 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 amenities, the room types, I think that will be a nice residual for when the transient interest that they represent also comes back because we're all different travelers at different times anyway. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. I actually had a question as well. So a lot of things that you're recommending are uh, staff intensive, right? Working, you know, reaching out from a social perspective, whatever that might be. Have you or the properties that you work with had any luck with the small business loans to keep people on staff so that you can bolster your client services or your customer services to start reaching out and, you know, browsing social media to try to find those little opportunities. Yeah, I, I will say this, that, and this is a respect to what you all have decided to do as well. The only hotels I'm talking about clients-wise that are able to succeed at what we just talked about are the people that did exactly what you all did. Keep the team together. Do whatever it takes to keep the team together. Don't cut costs by cutting payroll Don't because you can't cut services. Don't sell past your service line. Obviously, there have been hourly rotations or, you know, not everybody's, nobody's getting overtime by this by any stretch. 
um, but they're keeping everyone alive, but not to the detriment where they couldn't make more, more money should they have to go over and file for unemployment, which is better than them having to work only the handful of hours. But the team, the culture uh, of this, this, this feeling that they're contributing to something good, nobody's leaving and nobody has left. And they're very happy and very proud of what they're doing. Yeah. Very good. We're in the people industry for sure. And and then I'll add one more just kind of tip on top of everything. And make sure that you're on a if you're if you're a hotelier, make sure that you are on the approved list for hotels and motels for federal travelers. There's some paperwork that has to be done to make sure that FEMA and other federal agencies recognize you. Mm-hmm. Because no matter how great of a job you do marketing, if you don't appear in that drop down, it it can be problematic for someone to stay at your property. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I mean, ironically, and this is because of the pandemonium. I completely agree with you. First off, and take nothing away from you. It's absolutely true. There's two sites. One, you have to run through a consortium platform, which is BS at this point. Um, <laughs> and the, the other is that you can actually just pay to get listed, and I think they're even waiving that now, just so they have more resources on their site. And uh, Stuart, I can kick both of those over to you. But yes, the third works. is you can just absolutely freaking target people. Just in government, just target them on all the platforms we just talked about because all of them, everyone identifies. That's the cool part about us as a humanity. We identify with what we do. And all these platforms are a reflection of that. When we work for a company, we acknowledge it on our social platform. When we, we're we associated with a company, we talk about it and what we do. So all of those are targetable aspects of what our, our social engagement is. And I used to do that very successfully, just targeting people that work for certain companies and and uh, making it a filter and so that it would show up so I wouldn't have to go through their intranet of, oh, I got to pay you to show up and give rates to your staff. I just would show up on your staff's social media. So you can target government people in addition to everything you just said. You can target them with government rates. You don't have to go through the protocols or per diems and so forth, although your pricing strategy reflect that by far. That makes sense. So people are going to start targeting people that work for Fuel next. Because they want fuel agents <laughs> to come stay in the hotel. <laughs> in, in Only pro- the VIP rooms. Yeah, yeah, and they'll probably want that even more when they hear the very end of this episode. Because I'm going to put, Melissa, with your permission, after the end credits, I think oh. I'm, I'm going to put a soundbite of the rap that you broke out. Oh, no. Day. Is that okay? No, that's the, not okay. Is it not? Really? <laughs> it's fine. Okay, good. So after, if you ever listen to the end of the show, to the very end, we do this like little outro tune, and then we always put a little hidden something there. And so, at the end of this episode, we're going to have Melissa's rap. You want to you want to explain what the rap is, Melissa? Oh gosh! So when I was a senior in high school, I was inducted into the International Thespian Association. And my brother, who is four years older than I am, who is also a musical genius that I am not, he was inducted four years prior. And as part of my induction, I had to compose and perform a rap about my older brother to get into this lovely organization. And so how do I have a recording of this lovely rap? Because I also had to perform it in our company happy hour via Zoom last week. (laughs) It was glorious. It was amazing. So stick around and you will hear that. It is not my finest hour. <laughs> no, I Ever. disagree. I absolutely think it is the finest, is is the pinnacle of your entire life. It is amazing. And the fact that we get to share it with our Fuligan fans out there, I'm very excited about this. 
All righty. Well, Lauren, thank you for joining the show today. We really appreciate it. Um, thank you for the time to be able to talk to the Fooligans and you. It, it's always a pleasure. Yeah. And uh, if people want to learn more about you and what you have going on, where can they do that? Uh, fueltravel.com for no, um, uh, at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com. And primarily, probably, I would have to say, the live show that we get to have you join us on on Fridays. Uh, so, hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live, and you'll get to hear Mr. Stuart Butler pontificate on amazing topics as well. Yeah, I, 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 when I can get a word in edgewise, because you've got some talkers <laughs> on that show these days. So, it's. <laughs> We had a sharp elbows and, and get your points yeah. across quickly. Boy, that's the pot calling the kettle black right there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm the I'm the chattiest on this show, but I'm I'm probably the least chattiest on, on Lauren's show. You, you I got, don't know. You're competing against know. Robert Cole and Tim Peter and man, they, they can Ed they can certainly and, yeah. and Ed, Saint Ange. It's there's some talkers right there for sure. Yeah. All true. All right, thank well, you. Well thanks again, Lauren. Uh Melissa. After they've heard the rap and they want to send you some fan mail, where can they do that? Oh, I'm on Twitter where I do not rap, and I probably have more words to say than I did on this episode at M.A. Cavanaugh, M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. And if you haven't already listened to the last episode that we published, Melissa did an awesome job kind of breaking down things you should be doing from an analytics perspective. So go check that out. And Phil, if they want to find you, where can they do that? You can find me on Twitter at P Fariska, P F O R I S K A. And Pete. I'm on Twitter at P DeMeo, P D I M A I O. Hey, also have one quick question. Since mm-hmm. Melissa's obviously breaking into the music business, what's a what's your Twitter your I'm sorry, your TikTok name so we can <laughs> check out all your songs? Um, I've never been on TikTok and I don't have an answer for that. She's she's more of a disco girl. Myself. Okay. Yeah. Stuart, can I just throw one more thing in? Sure. We do that daily thing that we haven't really talked about, the We Are Hospitality. Oh, yeah. Why, why and you do that? I, honestly, you know, we, we mentioned it on the show a couple of episodes ago, and, and I'd said how oh, okay. the therapy session of just video conferencing, like a little coffee break with people, has been good for my sanity. Um, and we were actually talking about doing one for fuel people. So if, if anyone listened to this show, wants to jump into a fuel kind of drop in happy hour, coffee hour, whatever, you know, we, we've asked folks, we've already got a handful of emails, um, but folks to email us info at fueltravel.com, we're going to co- coordinate something. But yeah, Lauren does one already. That's every, was it Monday through Thursday at noon? So you yep, want to plug that time, and give yeah. a link out. So if anyone just wants to chat, commiserate, share, have some, some therapy with fellow hoteliers and folks in the space, where can they do that? Uh, it's at bit.ly forward slash we are hospitality, all lowercase. So bit.ly forward slash we are hospitality. And there every new, we just sit and see who shows up and we just talk about everything. Yeah, and we'll, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. But seriously, anyone that's just looking to have some human connection right now with folks that are going through the same things you're going through, I think that's really important as we're all isolated and struggling with our own issues. I think that's a good opportunity to, to de-stress a little bit and, and collaborate with other folks so we'll put a link to that in the show notes and again if you want to uh, participate in a fuel specific one as well just shoot us an email info at fueltravel.com and so you can find me on internet places at Stuart butler you can also find us collectively at fuel travel 
You can get the notes to this show, fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 145. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. His name is Ira Yeah, that's my bro, and he was born in El Paso. At the age of one, he broke his leg. Yeah, that's a talent I never had. He seems real sweet, or so they say, but I turned out to be this way. He's got the talent, yeah, that's right, but I got the brains and all the height. Well, I'm out of time, and that's okay, because I'm out of ideas anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no.